Welcome to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast, where we dive into the mindset shifts and practical tools to help you break through the roadblocks standing between you and achieving your goals. I'm your host, Danielle Kobo, a former Fortune 500 senior sales manager who spent 15 years in the medical device industry and now the best-selling author of the book, Unstoppable Grit. Think of this podcast as your go-to source for career advice and burnout prevention strategies to help you build a career and life you love. Now let's get started. Our guest today, Eileen Noyes, formerly a part of the NFL world for over nine years, has experienced the ups and downs of the professional sports from entering in as a wife of an NFL high-profile figure to exiting out of the game prior to her public divorce and cult involvement. Through her book, Sidelines No More, Eileen shares how she navigates through her unique circumstances while in the public eye. Eileen also is the founder of Lady Bellator, supporting people who've lost their identity, their purpose, and their voice. Thank you for joining us today, Eileen. Thank you so much for having me, Danielle. I can only imagine what it must be like to be in a high-profile position and to have the scrutiny of anything that you do with the eyes on you and to not only experience that, but to also in the public eye have people judge your decisions. Can you provide us some perspective as to what it's like to live in the public eye? We were in a small town. We were in Green Bay. And so it's predominantly white. And so as a Packers, everything is all about Packers over there. An interracial couple in the community. We had at the time six boys and a girl. And so there was always stares. I mean, whether people knew, which was rare, people knew him as a Packer or not, you just feel the stares and you just know that's part of the territory. And so I saw different women interact in different ways. And so I saw some women get really frustrated as you're going out to eat and people are asking for autographs. And I just remember seeing, gosh, like I have the ability to just either understand that it's part of the world and putting boundaries or getting flustered when my husband decided to sign an autograph or do things. And I just remember looking at this one person. I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want everybody to set my mood because I can't control them. If they're going to come and they're going to say this and that or ask for autographs or, you know, you read articles, it's like you learn to have thick skin and at the same time navigate to have a tender heart going, okay, who is legit? Who's really wanting to get to know us or who's really wanting to befriend us? There's definitely a lot of dynamics in that world. So I do have a lot of friends that are in a high profile position in the public eye. And they've also shared that one of the challenges that they have is trusting And understanding who is in the right intentions of developing a connection and friendship from a good place in their heart versus who is trying to develop the friendship with getting an outcome of something. And that would probably be really difficult in understanding the trust with people. Yeah. There's definitely been times where I'll always go, okay, you can sense why is that person drawn to me? And the interesting part is there's a couple of them where I'll go, okay, why is that still there? Or there's a persistence. There's been a couple of them who are really, really great friends of mine. And I've actually heard some people who we aren't as close. There was some sort of like women's organization 
And someone had said, she was talking about how it took a long time for her to get to know me. She was sad and she had regretted that she didn't really pursue it in the beginning because she thought, no, everybody's trying to buy for her time. And so she was like getting to know her because we, our kids are the same. We were in the same school. So I was like, man, I wish I had really pursued getting to know her because we really would have clicked. Because there's a lot of people that are sensitive. Not everybody's just trying to like get in your face. It takes a lot of discerning, but you kind of just get used to it. And it just comes with the territory. So something that I'm experiencing as I am have more of a presence online mm-hmm. is these messages that are coming in oftentimes from men. And I really want to get to know you and hope you're having a great day. And I'm a little reserved in the sense of what are the intentions of that person? Because as you mentioned, setting some boundaries and saying, I am married, I have kids, I don't want to do anything that is going to jeopardize my marriage. And the boundaries that my husband and I set to really protect our marriage. And then at the same time, is I had this experience this morning where I didn't respond to a message. And then it became this, why don't you respond to the messages? And I don't understand. This is so disrespectful. And it becomes this, I would say, aggressiveness sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's probably not the best person you want to like and then really deal with, I guess. No, definitely I not. You know what? What's up with that? There's been times where it's men. I'm like, okay, they know I'm married. It is fake names. There was one that had messaged me and he said, your book keeps coming through my feed. Talk to me about it. So I'm like, hmm. After a little bit, he's like, well, I'm doing this thing. It was in Dallas. And so he sent me the website. It was actually players because he was like, look, this is, I want to help athletes and their wives promote their next thing. And so here I'm like sending this link to my kids. I'm like, is this legit? I have no idea who these players are now. But turns out he was very legit and he's actually helped me to network. So sometimes you just got to give it a shot, give it a chance. I'm glad that I did that because he's a great guy and he's really helped me a lot to network. So, well, that's great. I'm glad that that turned out well and he was able to support you and your endeavors and helping support the book. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kind of dive in. You had gone through this high profile divorce and in the public eye. How mm-hmm. did you navigate through some of those tough times? Because it's whether our listeners are going through a divorce or not, there's always going to be trials and tribulations that we go to. And what advice would you have for them when they're going through tough times? Well, let me start by saying being in that situation, being in the limelight, I definitely did not feel like I didn't want anything out in the open. I wanted to do this. I didn't want to be fake. But I'm like, if anything gets out, because I'm not going to lie, it was a pretty crazy situation. For two to three years, I was on my own. I actually facilitated this group called Life Skills. So it helped people with conflict resolution, anger management, learning how to love. And so here I'm this facilitator. But all of a sudden I'm seeing as we're transitioning out of the game, the very things that we're implementing were just turning. My spouse at the time, I just saw change in him. And a lot of it had to do with transition out of the game. And so as I'm going through this, it's like, who can I turn to? Who can help me? I was dying inside and hardly anybody knew. I just felt like I was never good enough. I have eight kids. I love being a mom. I love serving. I knew I had a high maintenance husband, but I loved all that. But then when it was scrutiny that I was never good enough, that I was not submissive enough, that I was rebellious because the house wasn't clean, all these things, it's like the very thing that I loved and that brought me joy was the thing that I literally wanted to kill myself. And so I had to get to that point of going, I need to reach out. And I finally reached out to 
five women for a couple years were just praying. We were praying and fasting and thinking like, okay, this is going to change. And through that, here I'm thinking that the change was going to be in my husband at the time and that he would get out of this funk that he was in. But God took those two to three years to really help me to learn who I was. I definitely clung to the Lord. I definitely, that was my anchor. But it was like, I became strong that hurtful words stopped penetrating. And I just remember going, okay, he was addressing me one time. He was saying that I was rebellious and all these things. And I said, you know, God sees me all the time. He knows me. He knows my heart. I said, if what you say does not fall in line with what he says, with all due respect, I'm not going to agree with it anymore. I'm pretty laid back. I'm like one of those people like, do whatever, I don't care. But if there's a passion in me or if I feel very strongly about something, that's when you hear it. And so all of a sudden it was like, whoa, this laid back person is now standing up to me. And so that was the shift of the lashing out at me per se in the situation that we're in. And I understood that. I understood that dynamics was hard of him transitioning out. It started turning toward the kids and other things. And it was like, okay, this is where the buck stops. We can't do this anymore. Again, the weirdness, which I rarely talk about unless people ask me, is there was cult involvement. There was a religious teaching that was all of a sudden polygamy was okay. It was teaching where, you know, if you're a woman, one, you're not creating the image of God. Two, your salvation is contingent on your obedience to your spouse. Three, no makeup. I would have had to wear a head cover, a t-shirt, long skirt. And really, it was just all about your purpose as a woman is to cook to clean and have babies. And really, that was it. Thank God I didn't get to that point. But it, I mean, to navigate through going, oh my gosh, I'm seeing this person that was not at all like that. All of a sudden, he's different. How do I do this? So to answer your question, which I knew is long with, don't do this alone. You have to reach out. I know for me, and I don't know any other way, honestly, I could not do it any other way, is to anchor myself in God. And he was the one that strengthened me. And I could not have gone through this. I mean, I could have played victim. I could have just endured knowing that this would have set the tone for generations to come. And I knew I couldn't do that. I mean, I have seven boys. And so for them to know that, wait, that's not how you treat a woman. That's not who God is. For my daughter to go know that she is so much more than what they define as a woman is I couldn't subject myself or not my kids to that stuff. It sounds like over time, with the shift in viewpoint of what your life was supposed to be, how you were supposed to act, how you were supposed to show up, what you were supposed to do, was almost putting you in a powerless position, Mm -hmm. covering yourself up, being specific as to what you can and can't wear. But what I'm hearing you say is you use that in saying, no, this is not okay. This is not the direction that I want to go for my life. And you stepped into your power and you stepped Mm -hmm. into your power very strongly and having the faith, having the guidance of God and saying, hey, this is how he views me, whether you view me like that or not, this is how he views Mm -hmm. me. And I'm going to step into my power and I'm going to look at what changes I can make to live a life through God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was hearing from that. Well, one, as soon as you said you're not creating the image of God. People go, how did that happen? How were you guys even together? There was a time prior to all that teaching that we're so opposite, but we complimented each other. But then when that mindset was, you're not creating the image of God, then all of a sudden, the only thing I could be was 
basically like a clone of him. And if I wasn't, then that's where the backlash and the rebellion came into play. So yeah, it was definitely not an easy situation. Hi, it's Danielle Cobo. Did you know the mindset shifts and strategies we share in the podcast are what I specialize in helping you implement? If you desire the clarity on the future of your career and eager to achieve your goals with unstoppable grit, go to daniellecobo.com and schedule your career clarity call today. Don't miss this opportunity to make a real difference in your life. Click on the link in the show notes and head over to daniellecobo.com to schedule your free call with me today. Okay, so I want to take a little bit of a transition here. You have eight kids, which I'm a mom of six-year-old twins, and I feel overwhelmed a lot of the times (laughs) juggling school and owning a business and traveling and kids, homework. Mm -hmm. I am just curious, how do you juggle being a powerful woman, an entrepreneur, an author, and eight kids? It wasn't given to me all at once. I've always felt this way. Some people just meant to have different things. And I didn't think I wanted a lot of kids in the beginning. I can see how God made my personality and made me walk into these situations. I've learned that I've had skills or that God has given me skills that have just helped me. And I'm reflecting on this now because one big thing is I like to break things in parts. I can't go in a situation to go, oh my gosh, this is so much. Or initially it starts out that way. And I think, okay, process of elimination. How can I do this? So whether it be the kids, if they're all coming at me, because sometimes it's like that, I'll have one start talking to me and then I'll have the younger one that needs something small. And so I'll go, okay, in my mind, I'm like, what can I eliminate now? This one needs milk. Okay. And so I'll get the, Hey, I was talking to you first. Well, if you want to (laughs) talk, talk, let's process of elimination. He's taken care of. It allows me to break down a situation celebrate a victory in my mind. Okay, I got rid of that one. And it just kind of calms me down. Or even as an entrepreneur, I'm looking at going, oh my gosh, this is all new. Like book, how do I market? How do I do these things? I have to fight those overwhelming things because that's what we do to ourselves. That's what the enemy tries to do is to overload us and clump everything and pile things up so that we just go, this is too much. I just push through that to just go, okay, what's this? Where's So I have to put it in parts and take care of those things that I can take care of. And so it is kind of like, you hear about these women, like you're in a room, (laughs) you're cleaning this. And then it's like, okay, I got to get rid of that. You go somewhere else. But sometimes it does work for me that I just got to go, okay, what's on my plate? Let me get rid of that one. Well, this leads to this thing. In my mind, it's organizational chaos. (laughs) I don't know. But for me, that's, I've just learned to do that. And now it takes early mornings. Yeah, it takes also delegating. You know, for me, I have a nanny. At first, especially in being that world, this is all the learning things or the things I've learned. Being in the NFL and you come into a lot of funds, I was a strength coach for a college. And so I worked with hundreds of athletes every day. And one day I moved to Green Bay and I know no one but my spouse and I don't have work anymore. And it's like, oh my gosh, who am I? As I came into that, I had to learn things all over again. At first, as I was getting more kids, my sole identity was just about I'm mom and that's me. So that means that I had to have an immaculate house. I needed to make sure I cleaned and I couldn't delegate or relinquish things because I felt like as I got more kids, I was spending hours and hours and hours cleaning the house. I felt like, well, I can pay someone 
to come once a week or twice a month or whatever. But it was so hard for me because I'm like, no, I'm supposed to do that. But then as I was really thinking about it going, wait, if I'm mom and wife, it's okay for me to say, you know what, let's go get someone to clean so that I can spend time as a mom and as a wife. So these are the different things that I'm just learning to do is it's okay to delegate that breakdown and process of elimination and just kind of divide it and conquer, I guess you could say. What I'm hearing you say is when you are a high achieving individual who also has a family life that is thriving and growing, a lot of what helps you be successful is prioritization. And Mm -hmm. I can relate to this one because a lot of times there's all these goals that I have that I want to achieve. And at the same time, it can feel overwhelming. And so sometimes that prioritization comes in and saying, okay, well, this is my long-term goal, but what steps Uh am I going to take to achieve that goal? And then also, how am I going to prioritize? And so that's looking at the long term. That's where that grit comes in and that passion, that purpose and that resiliency. And then also breaking down and prioritizing each day. Sometimes we are really focused on our day, on our business and our career. And then sometimes throughout the day, we are highly focused on being a parent and a mom and a dad and whatever that role is that we play in life. And then delegation. Absolutely. I can 100% agree with that because sometimes when you look at your day and does it make sense to spend when you're working hard towards your business or your career, when you're dedicating all that time and we get such limited time with our family because they're at school or we're working our business, evaluating and saying, do I want to spend two to three hours cleaning my house or do I want to delegate that out so that I can spend two to three hours with my family? Exactly. Yeah. I just, I always had a house cleaner because I hate hate cleaning Mm -hmm. my house, but I also just Mm -hmm. got in on having somebody do my grocery shopping through Shipt because I want to spend that time with my kids. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I was thinking, because I am a little plug, I am actually doing this devotional. It's my next project. It has to do with Proverbs 31. That is like this ideal woman who does everything. And I really got to give me like really breaking it down. I'm like, Wait, she has maid servants. She doesn't do everything. So it kind of opened my eyes. We're meant to be community. We're supposed to help each other. And entrepreneurs, we help solve each other's problems. I can't do everything. Even just setting up my website or just the different things. It's like, I need someone to hold my hand. I need someone to do that. Or I can just say, hey, I don't know tech so that we're efficient with our time. Because time, just like money, is a commodity that we don't want to waste. So I think delegating is huge. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up today's episode, I want to dive in a little bit to this identity and purpose, because what I'm hearing in your experience and your story is not only did you see your spouse transition out of the NFL into this new chapter of their life and at the same point kind of losing their identity, I see something very similar with the military as well. When your identity is tied to I'm in the military, my or my identity is tied to I am an NFL athlete. And then also you in searching your identity after your divorce. Can you dive in a little bit and to share with our listeners if they're experiencing a period in their life where they're feel lost, feel like they don't have an identity or a sense of purpose, what advice would you give to them? Again, I would say there's a true identity. We are created by a creator. He's like the manufacturer, you know? And so 
if you're dealing with whatever, like a computer, let's say, if I have a Mac, I'm not going to go to IBM or all these other things to find the instructions. And so as I say that in relation to like me, just for example, in my world, and I'm sure you deal with it too, there's the stereotypes. There's a, you're supposed to look like this from the outside world, from the fans, from other women. You're supposed to dress like this. You're not going to, if you don't look like this from your spouse. So you have all these, you can call them hats, you can call them judgments. So I say that it sounds cliche, but when you understand that you are fully loved, fully accepted, fully valued, he created me for a purpose. When I got really anchored in that and understanding that even though I saw myself, I can disqualify myself. And I remember you saying that, I was listening to something that you were saying before, but so many times we disqualify ourselves because of the trials and the struggles that we've gone through. But those are the very things that have made us stronger, more resilient, and needed to help the very people that are going through those things. And so I look at that going, wow, Lord, I am anchored as a daughter, as a bride, and as a friend. Those will not change to you. And now I can be who I'm called to be for other people because all those other things, they just don't penetrate. And when you've gone through something crazy, like how another woman looks at me and thinks that I don't look good enough or all those things that I was worried about and preoccupied with before, that does not matter at all in the grand scheme of things. And so to see where I'm at, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm thankful. I know it's hard. It was hard, but man, I know I'm better for it. And I know that God's going to be faithful to get my kids through it. I know that I have purpose in it. God's given me a gift. It's not prideful to go, yeah, if God has given me that gift, I'm going to use it and I'm going to hone it and I'm going to get better. And it's okay to say, yeah, this is what he's called me to do and to be. We have a choice to either be powerless in the trials and tribulations that we experience in life. We have a choice to either be powerless Mm -hmm. or to step into our purpose, to step into our power, to look at the trials and tribulations that we've gone through in the challenges and the difficult times and say, this is shaping me into the person that I'm meant to be tomorrow. This is shaping me and providing me the tools to step into my power. And like you, I know that when I have gone through challenges in my life, what has kept me going is my faith. And I've Mm -hmm. always been in those situations where it's really challenging. I've prayed and said, God, close the doors to redirect me to the purpose that you have called me to be. And God, open the doors that you want me to walk through. And having that faith Mm -hmm. over the fear of what is happening to me versus how is this shaping me into his Mm -hmm. purpose? Yeah, that's awesome. So good. Yeah. Where can our listeners find you and connect with you and then also your book? I am on Facebook, Eileen Noyes. I am on Instagram also. My book is on Amazon. Sidelined No More is the title. I'm getting the audio done. So I know it's big. So I'm excited about that. So it should be done in a couple of weeks. I am offering the first two chapters of my book so you guys can read it. So that is Eileen-Noise.MyKajabi.com. I'm sure that hopefully you can get that out there. But yeah, that's how you can reach me. We'll go ahead and include that link into the show notes. So all you got to do is open up the show notes and that link will be there so that you can download those first two chapters and dive in the sidelines no more. Well, thanks for joining the podcast. Really appreciate our conversations and the guidance that you've shared with our listeners.
Thank you so much for having me. Well, for those that are listening, if you enjoyed today's episode, I invite you to share this with your friends, your families, your colleagues, and write a review as well. If you go ahead and send me a screenshot of your review, then we will also send you some goodies in your inbox to help you be unstoppable, ignite transformation, and develop the grit and resilience to achieve your goals. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with Danielle Cobo. If you found today's episode resonating and inspiring, kindly take a moment to craft a review. Your review holds the potential for Apple and Spotify to share the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with others. Furthermore, consider extending the ripple effect by sharing this episode with those around you, family, friends, colleagues, and anyone who could benefit from the insights and stories shared here. Also, be sure to visit daniellecobo.com for more resources on cultivating resilience and unleashing your inner grit. We'll be back soon with another empowering episode. Until then, be unstoppable.